Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest joining us from the UK is Miguel Dean, and we'll be talking about a twin flame love story and the sacred masculine. Miguel Dean, speaker, mentor, and acclaimed author of Bring Him Home, a twin flame love story, has been immersed for more than 20 years in the twin paths of healing and transformation. Miguel is a voice for the sacred masculine, embodying and alchemizing the twin flame union of the divine masculine and feminine within him. Miguel mentors young men and speaks internationally on the evolution of the male spirit and what it means to embrace the sacred masculinity within. For more information, you can visit his website which is MiguelDean.net. And with, like, with that, I'd like to welcome Miguel to the show. Good day, Miguel. Hello there. Hello. Thank you very much for the invitation to be here. It's great to be here with you. I'm very happy to have you with me. And, you know, this is a, the, the masculine, you know, the sacred masculine is a, not a topic that we talk about often enough on this show. So I'm really glad to have your um, expertise here. So, um, let's let's start with first of all. Um, you know, a lot of times we've heard about the divine feminine, and so now we're talking about the sacred masculine. So, can you tell the listeners a little bit about um, exactly what that is, and maybe what are some of uh, uh, its attributes? Okay, yeah, I, I can certainly do that. Yeah, so the the divine feminine. It seems that woman. Um, began awakening a little bit more <clears throat> to her uh, divinity to and you know to becoming more conscious and more aware and more um connected with with the the divine and men seem to be bringing up the rear a little bit so i think generally the you know the idea is that the divine feminine is a woman that has um well I guess in a way for me that the language is, isn't quite right. So let, let me be so bold as, as to correct the language to try and um, to, to get rid of any confusion. I see it that there is the sacred masculine and there is his counterpart, which is the sacred feminine. Now within the man and within the woman, there is the divine feminine and masculine. So a man has these masculine and feminine principles within him. Uh, sometimes known as the yin-yang principles, and a woman has those principles within her. So the, the, it, but essentially the sacred masculine is a man who is awakening to his divinity, who is realizing the, you know, the, and balancing that marriage of the masculine and feminine within himself. That's, that's who I am, and that's the path that life seems to have chosen for me to walk. It, it wasn't really something that I consciously decided that I was going to do, it just sort of arrived um, through a series of synchronicities, if you like, in my own life's journey. So, well, 
Yeah, well, you know, I'd, I'd be curious as to, you know, those synchronicities. I mean, because those are the things that, you know, that um, I think listeners um, would love to hear because, you know, sometimes we don't pay attention to synchronicity. You know, mm-hmm. some people brush it off. So for you, how did that, you know, what were maybe one or two of those synchronicities that were kind of major turns in the path, kind of, so to speak, that, that got you on this journey? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I, I guess the best way is if I just give you a really brief uh, sort of overview of, of my story, really. That's probably the, the, the best way. Perfect. Yeah. So what happened for me was that my mom um, died when I was a baby. Um, and for me, what I now realize is that that experiencing of the divine feminine through the body of the mother, um, you know, is a pretty um, standard experience for most people you know that it's our mother is our first experience of love of the divine feminine but my mom was very abruptly taken away from me when I was seven months old and so um, and then to cut a long story short I, I lost two other mothers very quickly as well by the time I was five years old so what that did for me was apart from the obvious trauma at the time that trauma I now see as a gift because it primed me to go in search of that which I had tasted so briefly, but, you know, but then had disappeared. So there was this real sort of sense within me of relationships with woman were something really holy and important. And I guess I was a bit obsessed with them for a while because I thought that being with a woman would complete me and would help put balm on that trauma that I'd been that I carried all my mm-hmm. life around losing my mother. But what I then found subsequently was that looking outside of myself, no relationship, uh, no woman could complete me or or heal that wound. I had to heal it myself. So as a result of quite a few what we would conventionally call failed relationships. I arrived at this point where I realized I had to access and heal the feminine within myself. And it took me to some pretty dark places, um, you know, within myself in order to find peace. And and so inadvertently, I discovered that love isn't something that's external. And woman is, although woman is the embodiment of the divine feminine, have access that to that within ourselves so uh, you know i hope that just gives a little bit of an overview of how <clears throat> you know the synchronicities yeah. and the journey that led me to actually writing the book bringing home a twin flame love story which tells how the final pieces of that external relationship with woman and internal relationship with the divine feminine um were were acted out if you like it was like you know it was Mm -hmm. it was like the script was written for me but i just had to get onto the movie set and actually play the part and and live it right yeah yeah i like that um image um of that so now do you um think that uh the sacred that that's the sacred masculine um is uh, that men um, have difficulty 
um, reconciling, you know, that, you know, um, and embracing the, the sacred masculine and feminine within. Um, do, do you find that that's uh, particularly difficult for men? I know this, that's a generalization, but I mean, you know, it's, uh, I think society has kind of, I mean, up to this point, um, set the stage, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, Robert, I think that the, um, I think generally that men, probably the majority of men think I'm totally mad and, <laughs> and, and can't mm-hmm. relate at all, you know, to what I'm talking about. But, and I guess that's partly because, you know, I believe that without the sacred, all masculinity is incomplete. And, and what I mean by that is the sacred is, is, is our connection with source, our connection with divinity, our connection with the creator, our connection with God. And, you know, unless we and because it seems to me that because we've forgotten that and we've lost that connection, that's why the root of all of our problems if you like and challenges that you know that, that we now face in the world because let's face it you know the, the 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 situation that we are in has largely been dictated by patriarchy mm-hmm. and you know i would say that a large portion of that is uh, you know religion has had its influences but i believe that religion to a large extent lost touch with the sacred as well it lost touch with the real essence of you know the what Buddha or what 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 the Christ were actually teaching. So unless we can unless we get back to that realization that we are connected to the land, we are connected to the earth, we are connected to the the Great Mother or Father Sky or uh, you know consciousness, however we want to put it, that we are part of something that is so much bigger than us. Mm-hmm. Until we come to that place, we're just operating as separate little egoic minds in these kind of flesh bodies, you know, that thinks that, that mistakenly that birth and death, uh, you know, is the beginning and the end of the story. When actually, from a sacred perspective, you know, that's just one little tiny, uh, perhaps page in a very large book of the story of of, of our souls and our spirits. Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, again, when you were talking about the sacred masculine and feminine within you, it's, you know, when we're talking about sacred masculine, it, it's the sacred masculine within men and women that yeah. really needs that, that particular connection. Absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's yeah, yeah, a, a man has a divine feminine and divine masculine aspects to himself. The yin yang symbol, you know, the, the image of the yin yang with the complementary opposites and both contained within the other is the perfect, uh, you know, um, image really to to illustrate what, what what I'm talking about. That whether you're a man, whatever gender body you're in, you have that yin yang, uh, you know, within you. And, you know, what society tends to do is encourage us to look outside ourselves for completion and for a man to look for a woman to complete him and right. for a woman to, look to a man to complete them. When actually we have all the parts, we, you know, we right. have all the, all the parts within ourselves, but we need to be prepared to heal the trauma, which we have all experienced to varying degrees being brought up in this kind of dysfunctional societies. 
to bring that fragmentation back to wholeness and back to union and back to the inner marriage within ourselves. And then life starts getting really interesting when you find that you are complete unto yourself without anything external needed. Yeah. Yeah, there's a strength when you when you kind of have that um yeah uh, yeah integrated now uh, with the sacred experience um how do you you mentioned like traumatic you know healing trauma um how much of the um how much do emotions play into um both the, the functioning or dysfunction of the sacred. Mm. Yeah, well, it seems that, you know, the, the emotions are almost, they're, they're a really nice way to, to sort of distinguish between, um, well, not to distinguish between because the, the man and woman, okay, let, let me start that again and put it, put it slight, see if I can put it a bit more clearly. Whether you're a man or a woman, we have been gifted with the full range um, of emotions, uh, right. you know, from happiness and bliss and joy to sadness and, and depression and grief. But what tends to have happened in our society is that we, 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 we put on a pedestal all the what we call positive emotions of happiness, mm -hmm. joy and bliss, but we're taught to deny the, you know, what are called negative emotions. So, you know, we, we, we hear the, the sayings, big boys don't cry and little girls are nice. So we, we, we learn from a very young age, you know, to deny um, right. this massive aspect of ourselves, this, this large spectrum uh, of who we are. And there is alchemy takes place within us when we can embrace and honor all aspects of ourselves. And, and that includes embracing and honoring all the different emotions because they were given, you know, we, we have this incredible bodies and this in, these incredible, um, you know, spiritual, spiritual uh, beings that we are. And, you know, it's crazy to think that we were given all this range of emotions, but we were only supposed to use, you know, it's, it's like jumping in a sports car and only really putting it into first gear. We, 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 we need all these different emotions because they help us navigate and guide our way through life. And when we deny aspects of our emotions, and perhaps sometimes it's called the shadow side of ourselves, we are also denying an aspect of the sacred that is within us. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. And you know the the idea of um, honoring, you know, that it's a society we tended to honor those um, uplifting um, emotions and and you know mm -hmm. denying the others. Um, that I think is. Um, might that be the reason why, you know, that those negative emotions are, that we're trained to uh, either suppress or sublimate those particular emotions? Um, and is, is that maybe the reason why it's hard to uh, embrace, makes it harder to embrace them? 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it does. I think it does. Can you still hear me, Robert? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure there was just a little bit of interference. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely the um, because we don't em embrace all of it, uh, all of ourselves, and because we, we we find there's so much stigma around that that leads to all sorts of problems. You know, uh, the the denial of um, you know the full spectrum of who we are. Our society is simply geared towards helping yeah you know anesthetize um and, and and to numb you know and to distract ourselves from all these uh from feeling these emotions we have so many addictions you know many of them culturally cheered like you know busyness you know but keep busy mm -hmm. busy busy if you're busy you don't feel and you know or 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 get really fanatical about sport or go to the gym or consume and, and shop shop more or um, you know, there are so many different addictions which are actually um, encouraged, which stop us from feeling. But when we don't feel those emotions, I mean, what happened in my story was it was like I used drugs as a young man, you know, to numb the emotions of the trauma and so on that I experienced when I was young. And eventually the, the lid of the bottle just got forced off and there was all this anger and all this physical mm -hmm. illness and so on. Because so, those emotions, if they're not felt, they, they don't just disappear and they will manifest in distorted ways, uh, you know, through people getting angry when they get drunk, you know, the, the, the lid gets taken off the bottle and they're angry and, and you know, behave in horrendous ways. Um, those negative emotions come out in abuse towards other people, you know, projecting our pain onto others, um, whether it's the innocent children or you know, the abuse of, uh, of woman. So unless we honor that, when we start honoring those feelings and it being okay to feel that stuff, then, then something changes, you know? And, and I also believe that the, the, the suppression of emotions and the, this crazy situation that we found ourselves in is responsible for a massive amount of uh, the, the issues that we have with men's mental health and male suicides and, uh, male uh, drug addiction amongst young men and the amount of young men that end up incarcerated. All this stuff stems from the denial of the full spectrum of emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree that, you know, the, um, the toxicity, you know, of, of that um, on, on health is um, it's just, it's just amazing. We can hopefully, you know, make a shift in that. Now, I understand that you work with young men um, as, as um, kind of in the coaching side or mentoring type of thing. Do you find that um, the younger men, that this particular generation or, or the millennials, the younger generations, that they are um, more uh, open to uh, the idea of the sacred masculine and and the expression of emotions. Is it? Do you think it's a kind of a, a generational? Because you know, we're talking about the generational kind of you know in society. And I was just wondering, with your work, have you noticed any particular differences between generations? Yeah, I um, 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've worked with with young men for about 20 years, and that's something that I still do some of. I mean, the majority of my work these days is with adults, but I'm still, do, I'm still, mm-hmm. I think I will always end up mentoring young men because I just, I just love the work so much. Um, but in, in in response to your question, I don't, I don't really see a massive. I think there is more of an openness. There is more of a willingness to embrace the full spectrum of emotions is not quite such a rigid sort of macho um mm-hmm. you know stereotype and, and i think it does becoming a little bit more um uh, well uh, just some people a little bit young men a little bit more yeah. open to the fact that it's okay to cry it's okay to to show emotions but at the, at the same time i would say that that's still mostly just an idea that has its seed and i don't think it's really manifesting massively at the moment because these young men you know there aren't that many role models that are actually showing mm-hmm. this you know it's like the idea is there and we're talking about it and that's always the first step the next thing is you know to embody it and begin to live it but if you look at the mainstream media and you know i always notice this when i'm watching movies or watching stuff on netflix the way that men are portrayed is still, you know, it's just portraying a really thin uh, strand mm-hmm. of what it is to be a, what it is to be a man, and and you know, very few emotions apart from anger are usually demonstrated, you know, in in the mainstream media. So, and and you know, and the same with, I guess, popular pop songs. The music scene is perhaps mm-hmm. a little bit more you know open to you know men being heartbroken and uh you know broken hearts from, from from romance and love and so on so there is a little bit more openness to it but i think it's uh you know it's going to it's probably going to take a if it carries on the way it's going it's going to take a long time to turn a big ship round unless there is a big shift in the mainstream media which you know which our young people are bombarded with all these images and you know this is where the our cultural stories are sort of absorbed really these days, aren't they? Uh, online, on, um, uh, on social media, in the movies, in the, in the, in the music, in the pop charts and so on. Yeah. You know, as, as when you were talking about, uh, you know, before you even brought up the mainstream media, my mind was, you know, already going through, you know, because I to pay attention to portrayals of you know masculine and feminine and and i've i've seen um you know glimpses of you know men um you know demonstrating emotion other than anger like you said you know but um you know as as i was kind of going through it, it i i too agree that it's it's nowhere near the level of what a man experiences every day really yeah yeah absolutely yeah so so much is so much is still sort of covert isn't it it's like it has to be hidden and we cry by ourselves or and we feel all this then what happens is we end up what i call giving ourselves a hard time for having a hard time you know we're feeling we're feeling um jealous or we're feeling broken or we're feeling inadequate and and instead of that being a big enough deal for us to deal with we, we then feel shame and guilt for feeling those feelings in the first place. So it's, you know, giving yourself a hard time for having a hard time, which is absolutely crazy. 
Yeah, it is. And um, I mean, it's kind of like a vicious circle, you know, that, that we're on. And, and uh, now, how do you, how do you um, like, if, if there's a man listening right now, how, how would I um, identify kind of where I stand in my sacred masculinity? I mean, you know, I mean, if I were listening, I'm a man, listening to what we're talking about, how would mm-hmm. I know whether or not I've even, that I even know about it or that I'm, you know, okay. kind of on the path to yeah. recognizing it? Yeah. Well, I, I guess some of the, some of the traits are, you know, to be, just to be open to um, the softer elements. I mean, what I, I like to sort of like say that the, the sacred masculine embodies a soft strength. So, you know, there's no need to be trying to prove yourself all the time or whatever. You know, that often the, you know, the, the, the he who knows himself and, and is at peace with himself can be quite quiet, but there is an inner strength that is there and it, and it can be released and, and accessed if needed. So it's an, an openness to the to the soft part of, of being oneself, as well as you know, as well as the sort of mm-hmm. harder, more common known sort right. of masculine um, aspects. I think some one of the some of the other qualities of the sacred masculine are a reverence for woman. You know, a reverence because she is the the embodiment of the divine feminine, and you know, life is all about this incredible. Um, dance of duality of the masculine and feminine, as well as you know the dark, the light, the up, the down, the good, the bad, etc. Mm-hmm. So you know, as a man, you, it, in your sacred masculinity, you can't help really but be totally um, you know overawed by the uh, by the, the the mystery and the magic that woman is. She is you know she is the yeah. bringer of life. Life comes through her womb and comes from the manifest unmanifest and is manifest inside her and born into the world so that honoring of the divine feminine is a key part of of sacred masculinity also the honoring of the planet of the earth of nature because again that is another expression of the of the divine feminine it is you know constant life uh, sexual energy if you like creative energy manifesting in all its myriad forms and you know, and in that honoring, there is the the the, the knowing that everything is connected. That mm-hmm. as, as to the planet, we do to ourselves. As we do to somebody else, we do to ourselves. So I think you know those are probably three of the real key um, you know qualities. You know, this honoring of the divine feminine, this realization right. that there is more than I can perceive with my senses, and that I can conceive with my mind. And that everything is connected, and that I embrace the full range of my emotions, my strength and my softness, my togetherness and my brokenness. It's okay to embrace all of who I am. Okay, great. Well, we're gonna, I want to take just a quick break, Miguel, and I do want to invite listeners if you would like to call in with any questions, you can call in at 619 789 4359. And for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to pose them and we'll get to them after the break. And when we come back from the break, Miguel, I want to now kind of shift to the focus on to the twin flame. And that's a, another aspect of, of the book. And 
we'll talk about that, okay? Okay, excellent, thank you. Great, everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us. Again today, my very special guest is Miguel Dean, joining us from the UK, and we've been talking about the sacred masculine, and we're going to be talking about now the um, twin flame idea, and also he is author of Bring Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story. And again, you can find out more about Miguel and all that he has to offer by visiting his website, which is miguelveen.net. Okay, with that, we're back. Miguel? Hello, Robert. I'm here. Thank you very much. (laughs) Great. Thank you. Okay, so Twin Flame. Um, You know, if, if, you know, people had no no knowledge or little knowledge of uh, the sacred masculine, I'm thinking there's probably quite a few people who haven't any idea what we're talking about. You know, maybe, you know, uh, burners on a stove, but that's not what we're talking about. So would you mind explaining for to the listeners, um, twin flame, what a, what a twin flame is. Yeah. Okay. So I think the same as sacred masculine, really, uh, Robert, I, I probably just need to clarify that, you know, what, whatever I share, I just share what my knowing from my own experience, it, it's right. just my truth. So what I speak about the sacred masculine, when, when I speak about twin flames, it's just the truth that resonates for me. And if it resonates for others, then that's great. And if it doesn't, then then that's okay as well. You know, I'm I I'm a very experiential learner. I don't tend to I'm not really into regurgitating information that you know that I've uh, come mm-hmm. across from somebody else. Uh, whatever I share is just through my own experience. So that using that as a little bit of a caveat, I will explain that for me, a twin flame is um it's i guess it's just trying to make sure my language is correct sort of, um <laughs> with gender specifics and so on these days because uh, i'm probably bound to do uh say say something that's politically incorrect but <laughs> that's okay. if, if, if I we say, don't judge you we don't the judge. 
sex, uh, but it doesn't obviously have to be at all because we're not going to be gender specific. Um, right. But that mirrors certain qualities within ourselves so that we can release and transform everything that is not love within ourselves. Now, that's a, that, that was, I said that a little bit clumsily. It's, <clears throat> and I'm going to confuse it even further by saying that the twin flame, the real twin flame, is the masculine and feminine dynamic within ourselves. But what is commonly understood as the twin flame is somebody else, uh, a member of the opposite sex, shall we say, usually, that completes us. There's this idea that, you know, twin flames is a, a, a soul that has been cut in half and that w our job and our mission in this life is to find the other half of our flame of our soul. And then and then we are reunited by the and that there is a wholeness by the two people or the two aspects of the flame coming together. I don't believe that. I just believe that a twin flame is is somebody that holds the keys to us realizing the marriage and the sacred union within ourselves. But our society, you know, in our society, we're so obsessed with, we, we live from an outside in perspective. If there's mm -hmm. something not right, you need to change it on the outside. If there's, you know, you need more money, you need a different partner, you need uh, better uh, you know, your, your, your hairdo needs to change, you need more status, you need a bigger house, you need another holiday, a different car, where my understanding is that where we should be living is from the inside out. So when we meet our twin flame, and there can be more than one twin flame, it's somebody that will activate in us the wounds and the traumas and the shadows within ourselves so that we can consciously transform those in order to find wholeness and completion within ourselves. Now, I, I think the end of that explanation I'm slightly happier with than where I started. I, uh, I hope <laughs> you say. No, that's good. No, that's it. I'm I'm glad that you went through that because, um, you know, I I didn't I've never kind of given much weight to the uh split flame coming together making a whole flame you know I, I to me that was um i don't know that just seemed foolish because in, in a sense um the twin flame i mean if you take that perspective like there's one twin flame period that you know that is going to make you whole um versus i i believe and from your description the idea that a twin flame is someone who shines a light on your shadows, allowing you the opportunity to heal, transform. Um, you know, to me, that's, uh, that makes much more sense because the idea is then there can be other people, other flames mm -hmm. that can maybe illuminate various shadows. That is just yeah. not one person. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I believe in a way that every conscious relationship can be a twin flame relationship. You know, if we bring mm -hmm. our consciousness to it and we bring our, you know, which, which includes responsibility so that when the other 
does something that activates or triggers us we don't just project all our anger and and you know and and point the finger at them and saying you need to change right. this we look inside ourselves and go oh this is interesting what is it inside me that finds that behavior or you know what they've just said so unacceptable it you know it's that turning right. it back and looking within ourselves rather than you know blaming and projecting right so the idea of shining a light on those shadows um, uh-huh. and, again, having the opportunity to transform them, to do that, aha, uh-huh. maybe there's something to look at. Um, to me, there, that's one possible um, way of um, handling the light, you know, but I think, uh, isn't there also a, a chance for, like, I don't want the light. Don't go shining that light on that area. You know, it's like stay away. That would, in a sense, if, if, if an individual does not want light shown or does not want to examine that dark area or that shadow area, then and someone that's what they do, wouldn't that create in, in someone just a, mm. a sense of um, reluctance or, or fear or, you know, just um see my, my thought is is that you know a twin flame relationship um may not be all that comfortable for someone <laughs> oh robert robert you, you, you should read the book i don't know how much you've read of it or if you if you've read of it but yeah it, it was bring him home which tells my story of the you know the twin flame relationship it was the most painful experience some of the most painful experiences i have ever had and at the same time some of the most blissful and incredible and beautiful experiences you know it was the full it was the full spectrum but yeah you know if you're in a twin flame relationship it's often you know sort of roller coaster you know these massive highs and then whoa you're going on this massive low before you know it and you don't quite know how it's happened and then whoa before you know it you're, you're back up again so it's it can be pretty fiery, and it, you know it's not for the faint of heart. Um, you know my twin flame relationship happened because I asked for it. I, mm-hmm. You know I've been running, I, I've been running from myself, if you like, and trying to heal my <clears throat> my wounds. You know through external relationships all my life, right. and, I, and I realized that I couldn't do that. <clears throat> Excuse me, and and I just said. Okay, come on, life, bring it on. Um, you know, I'm ready. To, <laughs> you know, I'm ready to do the work. I, I need this. I can't carry this trauma around any lo- any longer. And then, <clears throat> I thought that meant that I would be on my own for a while. But then, life brought me this incredibly beautiful woman who I just fell head over heels in love with. And then she began to trigger all this trauma and helped me release it and transform it. You know, she she was the catalyst. I had to be ready to do the work, um, <clears throat> and it took a great deal of courage. And uh, there were times when we, you know, when we separated, we separated for a few months at a time because it was just too intense. But yeah. we kept finding our way back to each other. In this case, because of the book that I was writing, uh, we kept finding our way back to each other because we were on a deeper level. We 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 knew that we were helping each other and really healing 
you know, as she was helping me heal my mother wound, I was helping her uh, facilitate the healing of her father wound because there's always a, mm. an interconnectedness. Yeah, that was, I was just going to go there. That, that uh, it seems that uh, there it has to be a mutual kind of, of experience. You know, uh, I would say, yeah. I mean, yeah. So now um, if someone, uh, okay, recognizing that it's, it's a challenge and, and that it can, it can be a rough ride. Mm-hmm. Um, what are, um, why should one go through that? What, I mean, what, what, <laughs> what is ultimately um, the, What's the ultimate effect, the ultimate benefit of going through that? Yeah, yeah, good question, good question. Um, I don't really, I haven't realized the, full, the the ultimate effect yet because I'm still on the journey. But mm-hmm. what I have found <clears throat> where I am right now, <clears throat> excuse me, that's, that's better. There was an English frog that was. Um, so so the the benefits that i am experiencing now are are that i am for the first time in my life i am at peace with myself Mm. probably not you know a hundred percent of the time i don't want to you know make it sound like all too ridiculously fairy tale but um but yeah you know there isn't this sense of incompleteness and that i need somebody else to complete me because i I, i'm a single man uh, you know at this point in my life I'm a happily single man, and there is a sense of wholeness and completeness within myself. I'm complete unto myself, and I'm happy in my life without, for the first time, you know, feeling that I need somebody else to make me feel good about myself or to make me feel good about life. So I would say that's probably, you know, the main um, benefit that I have at the moment. It's also you know, activated, I would say, some um, qualities, some power within me. You know, my intuition is a lot more refined now. Um, I have interesting mystical spiritual experiences at times, which I never had before when I was carrying all that trauma. My healing work, the sacred masculine healing work that I do with, um, with, you know, with adults is, uh, profoundly um, powerful and successful in being able to help others. So those are, you know, those are some of the, yeah. the the benefits. But but the real big benefit, you know, is I believe, you know, this is the path to nirvana, if you like. You know, this is the path to uh, a path to enlightenment. This finding the completion of the twin flame union within ourselves is one of the metaphors for, you know, for, for coming home to, to God, if you like, or coming home to love. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what about what that feels like when I get there. <laughs> okay, do that. But, um, you know, as you were talking, you know, the, so you're talking about the, you're not 100%. I don't know if, I mean, if we could, if 100% is achievable, um, but I, no. I think so. And so in a sense, you know, you've gotten to the point now where you're very comfortable with the masculine, sacred masculine and feminine. 
and not do not feel the the need you know for someone else to to complete that to, to so but the, the question is now um will there still be I'm thinking, you know, because of that little percentage remaining, that there will still be other uh, twin flame encounters, for, you know, wh- whether they be relationships or not, mm. that <clears throat> will also continue to require um, some insight, uh, some thought, maybe some adjustment to that current balance. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so, Robert. I think, you know, I, I believe that everything in life is divinely orchestrated, that everything happens for my highest good, for the highest good of my soul, not the highest good of my ego. Uh, mm-hmm. Often it's actually the, uh, you know, the, the humbling of the ego a little because that, that's often what's needed. But I believe that everything happens for my highest good. So every relationship that I have, there is an opportunity to learn about myself, to deepen my compassion, to deepen my... Um, my kindness, uh, you know, and, and it still illuminates for me, you know, the different aspects of myself where I'm not fully, you know, honoring myself and not fully honoring all of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's a, I think it's an ongoing journey, you know, there it's like layers right. of an onion. You think, feel that you've kind of got there and then, whoa, there's another whole layer uh, that, that is revealed. And, uh, you know, that, that's my experience so far. Uh, as I travel, you know, this journey through life. And I feel that it's not necessarily that everything becomes, you know, sunshine and skippy rainbows all the time, but we are less less attached to the ups and downs, you know, that there is less need for external validation. There is a, a stronger rooted sense of being in my center you know, more of the time, I'm less often wobbled. And yeah, you know, I see areas where I can improve and where, okay, I'd like to do that a little bit differently next time that situation arises. But there's this still, you know, this ongoing sense of, I, it's kind of paradoxical, you know, I'm complete and I'm at peace with with who I am. And yet there is always more that I can do to become, you know, an even more loving, kinder, um, human yeah. being as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. And, you know, it, it's, you know, the idea you made me think of like an, an actor in the script, you know, you know what the script is, you know, and, you know, playing the characters, you know, you aren't the characters, you know, you're just playing the characters and you, you know, kind of go through, um, you know, all of those uh, the different scenes of life. You know, but you do it, you know, kind of having an overview of what the script is all about. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a really nice metaphor. Yeah, we get less attached and we know it is a script to a certain extent. You know, it's like we're we're living a movie <clears throat> and we and perhaps we don't need to take it yeah. quite so seriously all the time and, and find ourselves so wrapped up in it and so emotionally, you know, um, tangled in it. That we, that we can just kind of see it from a slightly more detached uh, witnessing perspective. I think that's a, a healthier way to live our lives, really. I agree. I agree. So now Bring Him Home, uh, Twin Flame Love Story, uh, your book, um, it, you mentioned that it's, it's kind of about your journey toward 
you know, up to a during a particular point. Um, when I started reading, it was like I was <laughs> picking up a romance novel. I thought, what? What's this, what's this all about? Um, so can you tell us kind of um, uh, exactly, tell us a little bit about the book, what mm -hmm. the book covers? Yeah. I mean, the, the the book, on the surface, it is a romance novel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the romance is kind of like, because I fell so so in love it, it, with this woman, and I was just so attracted to her, and the you know the 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 the, the passion and the the sacred sexuality were just so uh, awesome that it was almost like those were the hooks that kept me in there to do the difficult work that also mm -hmm. came up, you know, as a result of the relationship. So the book does chart, you know, it, it charts the full spectrum of. From me first meeting in a very synchronicitous way, this beautiful woman, and our journey together, you know, through the ups and the downs, uh, the, the, the passion, the, the, the joy, the, the, the strange mystical kind of like experiences that happened through the dynamic of our relationship. Um, but from it's told from a very raw and vulnerable place, because I believe that that's really one of the qualities of the sacred masculine. And I believe that it's that the world was ready to hear a story about the truth of relationships, about the truth of of romance, and about the truth of what it is to be a man and experience the highs and lows and the you know the the heartaches and the and the angst of of falling madly in love with a woman, uh, even though you have all these kind of insecurities and traumas that you're carrying within yourself and the potential for relationship yeah. to be able to heal those wounds if you come to the relationship from that conscious place. Yeah, I, I you know, I agree. I I like the um the format and approach because it's the um you know the idea of a a romance novel will I mean it will hit my thought is is that it will hit different people at different levels depending on what it is that they need you know mm -hmm. um whether yeah. it be you know strictly for lack of a better word entertainment or just reading you know but and maybe a slight awareness raising of awareness um but also uh, maybe just you know a shift in perspective to actually the depth of it the, the whole twin flame experience and and all that it entails so i think the the framing of it is is perfect to be able to teach mm. on many levels. Yeah, thank you, Robert. Yeah, I mean th th that was my intention. You know, I'm I'm not the sort of person that teaches and and says this is how you need to do things. I'm the sort mm -hmm. of person that that likes to be vulnerable and open and authentic and just show and share my experience because what I've discovered through my own life journey and through being authentic and honest and open is that we're all kind of living different versions of the same story. You know, mm -hmm. we, we all have similar experiences there. You know, the, 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 the characters are slightly different, but it's the same emotions that the felicities. It's that same need that, and desire that we all have to be loved. It's all that it's the same wound that we all carry that we're not good enough as we are. So when we just share our own experience, you know, my the feedback, you know, the, the the book reviews all say how 
helpful and how powerful that is and how often it actually Mm -hmm. activates healing, you know, within the person that's reading it because they begin to understand something for the first time because they can, you know, they're, they're seeing something about themselves that is acted out by somebody else, you know, by myself as the character in this book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's uh, the same, um, the same points, just a different setting, different characters, different setting, same goal, you know? Um, And I've often thought that it was, you know, the main purpose here from my always thought it was, is that we're just simply here to learn the best way to um, bring about unconditional love, to create unconditional love, period. Yeah. No matter what we do. I mean, and we're just, you know, finding out some ways work better than others, you know, like having, you know, family of parents and kids that that's supposed to do a lot with unconditional love, but it doesn't always work, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, it, but uh, a twin flame or, you know, a, a uh, spiritual brother or sister can very much do that for one. So, um, okay. So we're getting down toward the end of the show, but I d- didn't want to close without talking a little bit about your website, um, MiguelDean.net. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you have? You have quite a bit there to offer. So would you mind sharing with the listeners what you have to offer there? Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Robert. Yeah. Um, I, I guess my prime thing that that I do spend a lot of my time doing when I'm not writing these days, which actually is a lot of the time I'm writing, um, but they're one-to-one sessions with adults who who want to improve the quality of their relationship with themselves or with others. Um, You know, it comes from a conscious relationship perspective. Um, It's often connected to childhood trauma, uh, mother wounds, father wounds, working with the inner child. But it's all about, you know, improving that twin flame relationship, mm-hmm. you know, with, within ourselves. So those are my sacred masculine healing sessions. And the other thing which I'm just starting to really get, get into these days are some um, tele-webinars. There's a tele-webinar men's sharing circle for men who are open to exploring their own sacred masculinity and, and, you know, realize that the old model of masculinity isn't working anymore. And there is a divine union webinar, which I run monthly as well for those who are interested in, um, in a more of a group setting, you know, alchemizing the, the, the twin flame union within themselves. So those are three of the, you know, the key things that I do. I speak at conferences sometimes. Um, I do my youth mentoring online with, with young men that um you know that, that need a, a positive male role model in their lives and yeah you know have a, that I, I i'm always tweaking my website so there's there's plenty mm-hmm. of interviews there's podcast series there's all sorts of free resources on there which people can uh, you know which i'd really encourage people to check out and join me on facebook i'm a big facebook person uh, miguel dean sacred masculine uh, it's a really good way, way way for us to connect and for you to follow the work that I'm doing. So, yeah, I'd love to hear from listeners. And, uh, you know, there's no such thing as a, as, a, as, a, as a wrong question or a silly question. I'm always open to, be, to connecting uh, in any shape or form. So thanks for the opportunity to just share that, Robert. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're connected on Facebook right now. So I'm really happy uh, about that and looking forward to 
to share your journey and then seeing seeing everything unfold. So I, I thank want to thank you today. Uh, thank you, Miguel, for your your time today. It's really been a lot of fun and and very informative. I truly have truly shifted my perspective on that twin flame a little bit. Kind of put a frame of what what I felt was mm-hmm. what was behind that whole that whole setup. <laughs> That's awesome, awesome, brilliant. Well, I'm glad to be of service, and I, and I hope uh, a few of the things that I've shared have resonated with some of your audience. So, again, yeah, thank you for the opportunity to, you know, to to share my heart. You're very welcome. Again, everyone, today my very special guest has been Dean Miguel Dean. He's been joining us from the UK. We've been talking about the sacred masculine, and also talking about his book, Bring Him Home. A Twin Flame Love Story. Um, again, you can find out more about Miguel by visiting his website, which is migueldean.net. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at ByteRadio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.